Hey guys, welcome to The Currents Podcast. I'm Faith. I'm Richard. And I'm Franco. We will be exploring the Bible at our current level of understanding. And we invite you on this journey with us. Hello. <laughs> um, well, this is fun. We're sounding a lot different to what we usually do. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully, or else all of this equipment's for nothing. Um, so welcome uh, to our first episode where we have uh, really nice equipment, good recording. Yeah, um, yeah. Mics, I'm super excited. This is tickling all the right parts of my brain. Um, <laughs> but it's also uh, a sad episode. It is. Um, because this will be the first ever episode where uh, Richard won't be with us or even just anyone I know. or three of Richard, us missing. I know. Richard, we love you. Yes. He died. <laughs> no. He, no, no, no. He didn't die. He's getting married Correct. tomorrow. <laughs> yes, he's getting married tomorrow. That's crazy. So good. First of us three to get married. Yes. What yes. that he can hold that over us forever now. Uh, forever, yeah. And then he's going on his honeymoon. Oh my gosh. And and that is why we are recording without him is because obviously he's in a very busy period of his life where weddings are not something that um just happen by themselves. <laughs> um and also he needs to enjoy himself um going on his honeymoon. So yeah, yeah we're just recording so that we have um some stuff to release as he has uh, fun on his next part of his life. Lots so yeah, of fun if you know what I mean. Oh wink, my wink. gosh! Um, go, Richard. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, like it's okay to talk about this stuff. We all know what happens when you get married and you're Christian. Um, no, no, I have no idea. What is that? I'm kidding. Don't, don't even. <laughs> I can spell it for you if you'd no, like. No, we are good. Thank you, Faith. Um, it's something to look forward to. Anyway, <laughs> guys, so as we did say, we unfortunately don't have Richard for us, but we are super excited to have our friend Ben with us. Woo! Hello, how are you going? Yeah, so good. Um, we've actually wanted Ben to be on an episode for ages. Yes. Um, and it's taken losing Richard to finally get him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but we're so glad that we do. Um, ben is a good friend of ours. Um, ben and I have worked quite a bit together and he is a legend and he is a massive, massive lover of the word. I just love his heart for wanting to understand the truth of it and the mm. way that he explains it in his ministry context is just really inspiring and I just love having conversations with him mm. and Franco as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Ben, say hi. Thank you, guys. That was a, that's a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I wish I got that everywhere. Yeah. Well, it was, sorry, just quickly. I just want to say, like, um, yeah. that was one thing that was really encouraging uh, for me, seeing, um, like, when I first met you, uh, one of the things was um, how keen you were on, like, uh, uh, gaining more understanding in just uh, your um, Bible knowledge mm. um, and then just not like knowing where you're going, what you're doing, and then like seeing you however many months or whatever year later, um, and you just kind of like Bible pouring out of you. And um, I remember at one point, I think you were on stage and you were saying something, and I, all I could all I could hear was just Bible, Bible, Bible. And it was just something that was really encouraging um, to see someone who was so faithful to what they were, um, I guess, uh, going towards or aiming for. Um, and it's not to you know, make you this high and mighty person, but at the same time to say, like, um, just thank you for, like, what I've seen, yeah, God do through your life. No, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, like, um, 
I think for me, and we're more than happy to talk about it as we sort of go on, is that um, the reason why I need the Bible and need wisdom because I actually mm. consider myself as someone who's actually not that. That's great. I love that. <laughs> so that's ben why is I so work. Flawed, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. That's right. No, I'm perfect. Oh wow. So yeah, the Bible for me. If I if I didn't have the Word of God, I don't know how it exists effectively. Mm. So it's not an attack on oh, the thing that. for me. And I, yeah, it's good. And that's not like to say that it is for other people. It's just that I don't know how I would do my life without mm-hmm. getting into the Word mm-hmm. itself, kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm really excited to be able to speak and to thrash through certain things. And I just want to be the first one to say that I don't have all the answers. So yep. I'm not coming in here as someone pretending that does, but mm-hmm. simply just searching it with you guys yep. and with the Holy Spirit, who's yep. a teacher in the new covenant. And um, yeah, it'd be exciting to see what sort of comes out. Of the 100%. Word. Yeah. yeah. Super excited, so super keen. Yeah. So the kind of passage of scripture that we're going to be diving into over the next two to three episodes um, will be Romans 12, 1 to 8. Yep. Um, so guys, feel free to pause at this point, mm-hmm. read it for yourselves, um, see what it is, write yep. notes, and then enjoy enjoy, enjoy <laughs> the conversation um, that we have with one another. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be good. Nice. Um, ben, why don't you read that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Love that. Right, so over three, over three episodes, we'll go through from Romans one, uh, sorry, Romans twelve, verse one to the end of eight. Mm-hmm. And so I think for this one, uh, yep. we'll just read. How about I read the whole thing, and then we'll yep. go, and yep. then we'll go through the first three. I guess you could say passages. Perfect. No. So this was uh, the book of Romans, written by the Apostle Paul, uh, chapter twelve, verse one. It says, "I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice." holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself, and we can also say herself, uh, more highly than he ought to think, he, she, uh, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Nice. That's good. I like that a lot. Gosh, isn't the Bible just amazing? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Gosh. Yeah, so probably just talk about the first two verses just yeah. to start off with. Yeah, so, and again, I'm going to ask you guys questions as well. And yeah, I'd love for you it. to ask me questions and all kind of thing. I guess the first reason why... I sort of picked out this passage is mm. you gotta ask why what's the point yeah or do we yeah, just do it, like it. a little bit of a spiritual <laughs> bingo kind of thing and just pick out whatever <laughs> that's not really it no i yeah. think i honestly think if we look at this verse uh you can answer one of the most fundamental questions that christians have in their relationship with god is how do i do what god wants me to do like what's the mm. god's will for my life yeah, and you know I, I i remember you know i was a young adults pastor at discovery church uh for four years and I'd be privy to conversations where people come up to me and say, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. Mm-hmm. That kind of term, like the will of God is. And there's so many people with different opinions of, well, you know, God doesn't really have a will. As long as you love him, you just do whatever. <laughs> All right? That's, that's one opinion. Yeah. 
The other opinion is, um, so the other extreme is, I don't know what God, I don't know what socks God wants me to wear today. Now, you might laugh at that, but there's yeah. actually, there's a story of a lady who um, was so super spiritual, I guess you could say, she'd wake up every single morning asking the Lord what socks or what clothes to wear. Now, it, for me, I think that's ridiculous, right? Because mm. God's given us a mind to do that sort of things. And she'd go out in public with odd socks and different things because she thought she was being led by the mm, Holy Spirit. That's so interesting. So there's two, there's obviously a, a spectrum of thinking around how to find God's will for your life. One is that God doesn't really have a will. Um, God doesn't have any specific thing for you. As long as you're a Christian and you, you, know, you want to make disciples, you can do whatever you you're want. You're a good person. Yeah, yeah, you're a good person. You can do whatever you want. The other is that, you know, Lord, you need to tell me what coffee I need to get this morning because I want to be in the center of your will. And it's kind of like discerning, okay, is there a scriptural way to have a look at obeying God? What's kind of the middle path of yeah. that? Uh, what's kind of the, the, I guess, the truth in this sort of thing? And how do you actually find it? So, again, I'd have people come up to me and be like, you know, Ben, I don't know what God's will is for my life. So if you're in that situation as well mm-hmm. as a leader and people come up to you, It'd be good to have a biblical answer to that question. And so that's kind of what I want to get through uh, with you guys. And plus, I'm here to serve as well. So any questions that you have uh, as well and you want to explore, we can do that as well. So Mm. that's really good. I can hear predestination coming into this. Yeah, Yeah, let's talk about predestination. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, well, possible um, future episode coming. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) Good. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. That's that's really good. Um, Yeah, I, I, I guess for me then... Um, I'd say just, I didn't, the way that I, because I, I'd say I definitely struggled with the idea of um, like battling how far I go in terms of if, if I need God to be in every part of my life, what does it then look like for me to um, wake up or surrender every day doing God's will? Like, mm. like um, I think there's a common um, uh, thought or feeling behind um, uh, that sense of uh, letting God's will um, be for your life. And often I feel like, especially people who actually don't, maybe that's controversial, but I love that. Um, some people who maybe don't really fully understand, and I, I think maybe to some degree we all are, um, that uh, when we say God's will for our life, we often get scared because we go, oh, like I don't get to do anything that I want to do. Um, or I don't get to do the fun things, or yeah. I don't get to do something that um, makes me happy. Like I just have to sit and with the Bible every single day um, and not move until I feel God tell me to move or something. And yeah. I think there's, I think I, I used to think a lot like that in terms of, oh, that's terrifying to think that if that's God's will for me, that doesn't sound like something that I'd enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think often many people would fall into that trap where yeah. they think, yeah, God's will is something where. I don't get to do the things that I want to do yeah. um, because God wants everything that I don't, Yeah, <laughs> um, which I think is a lie. But yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a lie and it's a really almost an old covenant way of thinking yeah, as well. So yeah. Ephesians says you've been created in Christ Jesus for good works nice. that he prepared beforehand so that you might walk in them. Mm. And so again, we could talk about predestination as well. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> uh, right, but the reality is, is that, and this is something that I actually like to go out to in the yeah. very start because it it lends to this whole uh, giving your body as a living sacrifice. What mm-hmm. does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. That's good. Because um, because the term there initially, when you look at it on the surface, is that okay? I've got to sacrifice everything that I want, mm-hmm. and I've got to give it to God. I'm going to be miserable for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. 
But we need to understand, I think, how we're made up and what God means about giving your bodies as a living sacrifice um, and also what it means to be a new creation in Christ. Like mm-hmm. what are the desires that God's put in you? And it seems as though in the scriptures that you've been, you've, if you've been created in Christ Jesus for good works, mm-hmm. it's almost as if a bird's been created to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well if a bird doesn't fly, then that's actually what makes it miserable. 100%. So I would actually go the opposite way and say, if you don't know your shaping and what God's called you to, you're actually going to be miserable. 100%. That is so I good. I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Do, but like, because I've always known what God's created me to do was for good works, mm-hmm. all was for good, or he knew me so, 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 so well that whatever he has planned, I know that would be the thing that makes me the most happy, mm-hmm. regardless of what my flesh might try to mm. trick me to make me think is what I actually want. That's right. And so whenever I talk to people, I'd be like, man, you're disservicing yourself. Like if you were actually to trust your God and live the way that God has mapped out or planned for you or whatever yep. it is, you would actually find yourself so happy because you are doing the thing you were created to do. Yep. Like that's where your purpose mm-hmm. comes from. And yep. so when you put it on something or when you live your purpose out on something that is uh, wavering and changes. Not like, God. Not yeah, uh, yeah. Well, not on God. Mm. You're going to find yourself so disappointed mm-hmm. and just feeling oh. like an empty dark hole. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And and there and so one of the things that like that the thing that I come across all the time when people ask me this question is they are sold out for God mm. and, and they want to do things for God, but they just don't know how to hear God's voice. Mm. And so there's, I mean, I guess there's a lot of teachings around that. But for me, I'm only really going to speak from what the word, I think the word says around mm-hmm. this sort of thing. So questions like, okay, what's the difference between general and specific will? Mm. What mm. are the mediums that God speaks to us under the new covenant? Is it yeah. through a prophet? Is it through a loud booming voice? Is it through signs like a, a bird yeah. flew out of a tree, which means I need to get out of my nest? <laughs> like, do you know, what, what actually what actually is it? Yeah. Are there signs that do stuff? And so what I want to give is not a... Um, a prescription and a how to follow God's will, mm-hmm. but just some wisdom and truth mm-hmm. in how to do that sort of thing. Yeah, I'd actually love to talk about um, body, soul, and spirit yep. uh, to start off this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I just want to—I just want to say this one thought, and we can unpack it as we go on yep. Yep. later on as well. Okay, so when it, when we talk about, and I'd love to go to Romans eight as well with this being oh. led by the Spirit. Yeah, Romans eight. <laughs> I've been listening to that one nonstop. <laughs> so what that actually means. Um, we need to allow the Bible to interpret scripture. Yeah. So there's this thing called a doctrine of sufficiency of scripture mm-hmm. that the Puritans and our church fathers kind of uh, put into place, I guess, or, or offered wisdom on. And one of the tenets of the sufficiency of scripture is that the scripture is actually sufficient to interpret itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Okay, obviously, we use history, yep. we use reader relevance, and obviously, mm-hmm. we use cultural mm-hmm. context, but the scripture itself mm-hmm. is sufficient to um you know, uh, interpret scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so, so when we're talking about uh, being led by the spirit, mm. a lot of us use what's kind of a, almost like a new age, modern contemporary thinking and apply yeah. that heuristic mm. onto that topic when actually we need to look at, okay, if we're going to look at being led by the spirit, what does the whole corpus of scripture say yeah. when yeah. it comes to That's the spirit? That's really good. And one of the things that I, I want to just want to say at the very start, and we can unpack it, is that when we think about being led by the Holy Spirit, we think about things in terms with like, go talk to that person, get that coffee, buy that car, buy that house. Yeah. Okay. 
that's good, and I think the Holy Spirit does that. But actually, the Scripture says that He'll lead you into all truth. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So if you're being led by the Spirit, and I'm putting inverted commas up with my yeah. fingers, <laughs> but you've got no desire to be led into the truth of the Scripture, you're probably not being led by the Spirit. Oof. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. All right. So when, uh, sorry, I'm going off here. No, I love this. <laughs> Um, so when someone says, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to lay hands and all that kind of stuff, I believe it. Yeah. Right? I think we do have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think we have precedence of that happening within the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit told Philip, go speak to yep. the eunuch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. If the person, however, has not had their life shaped by the truth and revelation of health and healing in the scripture, mm-hmm. it's very hard for them to obey the prompt, specific promptings of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit first, mm-hmm. I think, does this, leads you into a truth and revelation of Scripture, mm. then he gives you a choice. Mm. Mm. Do you want to obey or not? Mm. That's good. And if we look at being led by the Holy Spirit in those terms, it'll be a lot safer mm-hmm. when we're trying to discern what the Spirit's voice is for our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For example, the Holy Spirit wants me to get into a certain relationship. Okay? Yeah. All right, cool. What Scripture... Talks about that. I don't know. Just I just know the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay, so that person is a criminal. <laughs> that person sells drugs. That person uh, doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Is the Holy Spirit telling you to get into that relationship? Well, yeah, because I, I feel great. And this is where people. This is where people start. Okay, yeah, I'm going yeah. to say this, and if you want to write this down, this help me. Yeah. Being led by the Holy Spirit is not the same as being led by spiritual feelings. Mm. Mm. Just because you feel spiritual yeah, and it's nice in your emotions does not mean that you're being led by the Spirit. And the way you can test it is if your mind's renewed to the Word. That's good. go against the Word. Mm. And so the first place that the Holy Spirit leads you in is to truth. That's mm. what Jesus says. Mm. When the Spirit of truth comes, He'll lead you into all truth. Mm. And if mm. you're not being led that way, it's very hard to be led in certain specific ways. So I just want to say that and we can unpack that. Happy for you guys to disagree on that as well. Disagree <laughs> or questions or anything. So it's just helpful for people because they make silly decisions because they have spiritual feelings. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. And they've got no desire to renew their mind mm. in the word. Mm. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. When you first say the spiritual um, feelings, I I thought about it in the wrong way in the sense in in the term uh, of like um, spiritual feelings as in. The feelings that come from spiritualness, but it's you're you're talking about feelings where you feel like it's spiritual kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think that's a big thing um, in today's world where everything is about what makes me feel comfortable, what makes me feel good, what makes me feel okay, or what makes me feel safe. Yeah. Um, and I think just the big thing is, um, well, you don't see Jesus being a person who is led where there's safety, where he just feels good or comfortable. Often the places that he gets led to is hard, difficult, and, um, well, enlightening. Like the the things that he goes through and does for other people more than he does anything, I think, for himself. Um, And I think that's part of it. It's just like you become selfless, but the thing is you are others-orientated, and I think to some degree um, feelings have a part in, I think, some kind of discernment, but... Um, yep. more often than not, um, we cannot um, just make decisions on feelings. Yeah, you just can't. You can't actually sustain your relationship with God in feelings. <laughs> no, this, no is the, this is the point. Like, I understand God is real, right? Amen. And we need a touch from him mm-hmm. from time to time. Yep. But if you're depending on that touch, your Christian life will almost be equivalent to hell. 
Yeah. Because you're going to say and make conclusions like God's not here because I can't feel him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's good. not helpful. No. And it's not helpful to preach that way either. No. Look, if, you're, if, you're, if your feelings catch up to a truth, awesome. And that's what they're meant to do. They're meant to be subservient yes. to truth. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but we, what we've done is we've elevated and made it the master. Mm. And therefore we're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, mm-hmm. every trial that comes our way, every experience that we see with our physical eyes or that we feel we must make a doctrine out of. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. actually need to go back to the word and be that's like, good. what does the spirit of God say about mm-hmm. this? Jesus himself, perfect example of this in the Garden of Gethsemane. 100%. You know, you've got the perfect guy mm-hmm. who's meant to have perfect feelings, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'm not saying that he doesn't have perfect feelings, but what does he say to God in the garden? Mm. Please take this cup away take from me. Take this cup away from me. Mm. Yeah. If there's any other way to do this. Yep. Right? But nevertheless, not my will, but your will mm. be done. done. Yep. It's good. Okay. So we're always going to be presented with options where whether we choose how do our feelings, what do our feelings tell us to do? What does the word of God tell us to do? Yeah, that's good. And how's the Holy Spirit leading? And he can empower you and that's what mm. grace is all about. Yeah. yeah and, but I also feel like it's a lot easier to live in a way that is your will and not mine when you know that your body is not yours or when mm. your life is not yours. Mm. Like our life is not our own and we were brought at a price. And that's not to say that we're in change and we're trapped, if anything. If we truly understand the revelation of Jesus, we are free. Yep. And it's, it's the way that we live that makes us feel more free and connected and whole and feel and all that type of stuff. But I, I always, when I'll talk to different people, whether it's youth or young adults or whoever it is, you can almost tell when they struggle, when they struggle more between spirit and flesh and mm. normally it comes from a place that would inform me that they actually still think that their life is their own yeah. versus it being set before Jesus. Yep, 100%. And so I feel like even when I have the moments where I struggle or I'm feeling dry in my relationship with God, me knowing who I am and who my body is tied to mm. still informs the way that I live regardless of my feelings because... My life is for him, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so even that, like when you're talking about our feelings not being sub- subservient yeah. to our spirit, yep. even when my feelings aren't feeling it, I will still do anyway because I know what he's asked of yep. me. Yeah, it's good. Yep. That's like really that. good. Um, so I'd love to ask you guys, yeah. and I know, Franco, we had a bit of a conversation about this before <laughs> yeah, yeah. the podcast as well, around the topic of body, soul, spirit. So uh-huh. I just want to give a bit of a context around the thinking around that. 100%. So there's a few schools of thoughts around body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a dipartite, which mm-hmm. is we are we have a body and a soul, and mm-hmm. a body is comprised of five senses, which yep. is your sight, smell, taste, hearing, and mm-hmm. touch. Mm-hmm. I think I got all five then. Yeah, um, and then your soul, predominantly, it, from what I understand, I, I like to hear your view yeah, on yeah. this as well, um, with a Hebrew word nefesh and <laughs> things like that. Um, uh, predominantly, mind, will, and emotions. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, I think I, I think mm-hmm. there could be more in the, mm-hmm. in the soul aspect, but um, so it'd be good to have a bit of a chat around. So so dipartite means that uh, there are people who believe that we're two part beings. Yep. Tripartite, which is where more I'm more lean towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will recognise that I feel like there have been areas in the past around this sort of thing as well. Yep. yep. Uh, people who believe we're not just two body and soul, but we're body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk a little bit about how. Uh, there's been thinking around those two words, spirit and soul, being used interchangeably mm-hmm. and what the pros and cons are for that as well. 100%. And then as we go into the New Testament as well, looking mm-hmm. at the Greek words of 
uh, Sarks and Suke and yes. uh, and 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 uh, Sarks Suke and Numa, Numa and, yeah. and how they were it, particularly in Romans eight as well how they're kind of used almost interchangeably mm-hmm. and the, sometimes the confusion around the writers and how to translate that sort of mm. stuff as yeah, well. 100%. So we can have a bit of a chat about that. But what that. I'd like to do. Uh, not that I'm trying to take over the podcast. No, no, no. It's good. It's your episode. Let's do this. No. I'd like to hear from you around mm-hmm. what you're, you've been kind of pondering and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of striving with and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. So um, I'll just give a general idea of what I think for me, how I think about uh, uh, what the flesh or body, um, spirit and soul. Um, <clears throat> so for me, uh, body um, is is together with the word soul, um, in terms of in Hebrew nefesh, um, what they talk about is um, nefesh, like literally, the literal translation is throat, uh, from my understanding. Um, but uh, for, the, for the Hebrews or Israelites, the, the, the way that they thought about um, your throat was, because they didn't have a word for brain. Um, and so the idea is for them, uh, where your life came from, the thing, everything that um, made up your being goes through your throat because you breathe through your throat, you eat through your throat, you speak through your throat. So everything that comes through your throat is like it's it's all of you. And so um, it's um, a synecdoche um, in the idea of that it refers to one small part of your body, which is your throat, um, that actually talks about your entire being. Um, and so in um, the Old Testament, um, you uh, they often he, um, use nefesh to talk about like your like this is um in Deuteronomy six, uh, I can't remember the um the exact uh, verses, but it's um the Shema when it says your entire being. One of the things is it says soul, which talks about um just like like even in Psalms, I can't remember exactly what Psalm, but it, where it says like a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you. Is the same thing of like your your throat, like you are thirsting for God. It's it's your entire being wanting it. And so the, the idea of soul is to talk about um, not, like your entire, entire, entire being. That, that encapsulates from what I understand everything about you. Um, and within that <clears throat> is where you have, um, I'm not saying the soul is more. I think they just used um, the soul to refer to everything. But they could also refer to soul as like someone who's dead on the ground. They would say, look, there's a nefesh like a dead nefesh, or they would even say a nefesh slayer, um, someone who kills another person. It's just like they killed someone and they're not there anymore. Um, and then they have the word for spirit, which was ruach, um, yep. um, which uh, I th- from my understanding is the life-giving spirit, the thing that animates you, and everything has ruach, like um, animals, anything that's alive that that moves and breathes, has God's animating spirit in it. Um, and then I think, oh, so that's body and soul. So soul for me then encapsulates, like is more of like a general thing. And then I think when we come into the New Testament, we often talk about flesh. Um, this is this is why I kind of not get nervous, but I think there's a bit of a thing where we often say, oh, um, my soul and then we talk about flesh in terms of being something where it's always bad. But I understand. I think it's a similar thing in terms of like we we just use flesh as a way of like say bad desires is what or, or something that is not what God wants for us or it's corrupt kind of thing. Because 
Um, from my understanding, uh, flesh, the thing that's wrong with it is that there is good and bad in it in terms of like, because it's corrupt and that's not what God wants. God wants it to be good because he created it good. Um, and that's the idea of flesh is being something that is um, fully um, sur- surrendered in service to him in the idea of worship because um, worship is the idea of like work for God um, to to till the gra- ground to make it fruitful um, is to worship, to work um, and to give praise to him. Um, yeah, that's 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 if I had to pour it out, that's kind yeah. of like if what I would say. If you had to pour it out. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's yeah, more. You never sounded so knowledgeable in your life. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But also this just it's spending time with God, I think. Um, I think for me that's just um, my current level of understanding. I think there's a lot still. Uh, I know there's a lot still that I have to learn. Um, I think for me the the hard part is I'd, I I listen to the Bible a lot. Um, and not as much I get time, or I don't put as much time aside um, in terms of just like trying to remember where everything comes from. Um, and so for me, I, I feel like I just get a good general gist of how they use it, but not particularly in terms of, because the idea is like none of these guys all came together and sat down and was like, this is what this word means. Everyone used the words in the way that helped them best describe it, but it doesn't necessarily mean all of them had the same definition. So I think that's what makes it sometimes difficult um, to try and um, uh, kind of say, this is what this word means, because, say, Paul would use spirit in one way where, say, um, Luke or Matthew would use spirit, and, like, it would refer maybe to a similar thing, or, like, they tried to encapsulate something that's slightly different but still tried to... Um, gets somewhere similar, I guess. And so I think for sure. me, just I, yeah. I can see or have heard that there's some discrepancy between that. But yeah. So just a few questions around yeah, that. 100%. And I'll, I want to put you on the spot. And, I, and we had it. a chat about this at the start of the podcast. So yeah. if anyone is listening, I'm not being aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just uh, being direct as, as well as Franco and Faith being direct with mm-hmm. me and things like that. Because yep. what we want to do is we want to wrestle through these 100%. things. And like I'm saying, we may not come to the definitive answer to all this but yeah. at least we're, I think this act of going okay cool let's have a consideration around scripture is a beautiful yeah, 100%. thing. Yeah 100%. That's good. Absolutely yeah. beautiful thing. So the first thing I uh, want to have a bit of a take, talk about is the historical, historical context of how mm-hmm. nefesh has been used mm-hmm. in the Hebrew language. Mm-hmm. There's a few scriptures that come to mind that mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want to sort of bring up and see what they kind of mean in contrast to this sort of thing as well yeah, to, yeah. to get a bit of an understanding of how words were used in the scripture. Yep. Now I think you're right. I think there's development of words as we go mm-hmm. across scripture. Yeah. But I do think there's a, there is a stark consistency between yeah. Yeah. scriptural sort of things. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just going to pause a little bit and just talk a little bit about historical context for a second. Good. Love it. Yep. <laughs> the historical context is good in the science of hermeneutic, which means mm-hmm. how to study the science of how to study the scripture yeah, yeah, and yeah. good exegesis. Yeah. Um, historical context is not enough. Yeah, 100%. Um, if it was, mm-hmm. then the Pharisees would have recognized Jesus standing in front of them. Mm, that's good. I like Ooh. that. If it was. Yeah. And so sometimes in the church what we get is people who major in historical context. So they might find pieces of evidence in that culture to explain a thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily you under- mean that you understand spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Again, if you did, mm-hmm. the Pharisees who by the age of five learnt the Pentateuch yeah. by rote memory – would have understood Jesus Christ, who the mm. whole scripture was talking about, mm-hmm. standing right in front of them. So mm. there's obviously a red flag there mm. around 
is historical context enough when you're mm. understanding scripture? Hundred percent. I like that. That's good. Is there any comments on that? Like, I'm happy for you guys to push back around that. No, no. no I, I don't about it like that, but it makes sense. That's well, like that's blowing my mind, guys. <laughs> no, I, I really like that. I think for me, um, it's quite interesting because I think for me the the way that I think about it was was more that um, the Pharisees believed that um, when God gave them the truth or the 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 laws, the thing that they got wrong um, was that um, they believed that it was about the laws in terms of going, oh, this is this is what we need to do to enter God's presence. Um, in terms of it became something about doing rather than the heart behind it. And that's why I think, it, for me, that's how I usually think about where they went wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the idea of when Jesus comes, he says... It's not about what was said. It's about the heart behind what was said. And that's why he says, like, don't just, like, I tell you, or he says, uh, you heard about the law of when, um, to not murder. Um, but I tell you that um, it is wrong or sinful even to um, uh, have, what is it? Um, uh, like, like bad lustful thoughts. Lustful thoughts about a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Like, the idea, it's, 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 it's the thought behind it, the thing of, like, yeah. um, it's before the action even. Um, yeah. But well, yeah, I'd love to talk about this because this yeah. lends to the thought of new nature and what yeah. that actually means. Yeah, that's good. So the law, yes, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, the law exposed something in humans, hundred percent, effectively. Yep. So let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah, all right. Love it. Yes. <laughs> so have a look at where it all began. Where, where it all began, kind of thing. So we're talking about nefesh, we're talking about soul, and we're talking about is there a distinction between a diapartite and a tripartite mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. effectively? So we know the commandment when we're in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and God tells Adam. Firstly, you can eat of every single tree of this garden except for one, which is knowledge of good and evil. And our Bible project, does, I think, does an excellent job around yeah. explaining how men and women take dominion over the world through God's wisdom mm. and not through their mm-hmm. own man's wisdom, which I think is great. Yeah. Okay. But God says something really interesting there, and I want to kind of pinpoint whether we think it's an allegory, a beautiful statement, or a spiritual reality. Mm. Okay? As, but, uh, sorry, but, do you mean like the thing that he says or the thing that he's referring to? So the thing that he's referring to, and I'll just say, okay, I'll just cool. say what it is now. Okay, okay. cool. Because in that day when you eat of it, you shall surely die. Mm. Mm. Okay. My question is this. What died? I think the relationship between Adam and Eve, I mean, not Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve and God in terms of... Um, I think often people use the the word spiritual death. Um, what does that mean, spiritual death? <clears throat> I think the uh, when I think about that, I think about um, the connection between them and God in terms of uh, the honesty, the truth. Because, or, or the way I get to that is because God comes to Adam and he and he's like, um, "Why are you hiding?" Uh, not in the sense of condemning him, but genuinely, like, openly asking. It's like, what, "What's going on?" And the first thing Adam does is, it was her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the idea of like shifting blame and the idea of, I think there's, there was something where there was a brokenness of trust, honesty, um, relationship. Um, and in that sense, they became a death and they could no longer be in the immediate presence of God because they were cast out of the, okay. out of the garden. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, there was death. Um, yeah. So, so what I what I'm hearing from you then is kind of like a, a almost like a relational metaphorical death of relationship. Um, 
I'm not yeah. trying. I'm not trying to set you up here. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm, I'm just genuine. <laughs> I, I, just because yeah, I like I'm to just not just immediately yeah. respond. I try to at least try and think what, yeah, yeah. what my response would be. Um, so it's not that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think on my feet, which is not often great. Um, <laughs> no, it's good, man. It's, this is um, a safe space. Yeah, yeah no. Um, but yeah, I would say um, some yeah relational. Um, but in some sense, I think that's. I don't know if that's wrong, but I, I often think about that as a spiritual reality as well in terms of. Um, your relationship with God, um, there is an, a spiritual aspect to that. Um, and so in that sense, I kind of put together when people say there was a spiritual death, it's the idea of that relationship and intimacy that you have with God. Um, and that idea of like being able to clearly hear from God without, say, um, having your own thoughts that, or, or even evil thoughts that like kind of like dilute that or, or disrupt that communication. Um, and that's, yeah, yep. I don't know. Did you want to say something, Faith? Yeah. So then, if you're spiritually dead, can it come back alive? That's a good question. So, <laughs> so I'll, let, I'll, I'll just go through. I think what I'll do is I'll go through Scripture mm-hmm. a bit and then just pump me with questions around Love why it. you think mm-hmm. that, um, agree with that, disagree with that. What I think happened was this. I think, mm-hmm. they, I think they actually spiritually died. Mm. And so I think that man is body, soul, and spirit, mm-hmm. and this – the tripartite being reflects when Jesus or God said, we'll make them in, in our image effectively. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, I think the body was created out of dirt. Yep. yep. Okay. By man and the woman created out of the rib. I don't think like as much as uh, Genesis has been talked about a poetic language, I think that's actually happened. So yeah. no, I'm just from that yeah, group. I don't think I, we come from apes and I don't think we yeah. got involved with yeah, things like 100%. that. And I'm happy for people. That's really, a secondary I'm issue. I'm not really happy for people to disagree, I think. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's like this so, is what I think and yeah. that's fact. And now, I think that's true. Within yeah. the body, God gave us five senses to relate to the physical world. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I can touch this table. I can smell this coffee in Danish that's in front of me. I can see <laughs> you guys. I can hear us speaking. Yeah. And I can smell as well. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, whichever one, Whichever one that I got and see. Yeah. Um, so the five senses belong to the body. Now, I think the soul was given to man for relationship with other people. Mm. Mm. The mind, will, and emotions are engaged best in relationship. The reason why I say that is because God said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, Just think about that term for a second. Mm -hmm. You've been born into paradise, Mm -hmm. you're created in paradise, and you have seen and experienced the presence of God. What else do you need? Mm. Mm. You've got all the food that you need. Mm -hmm. You've got God himself, right? Mm -hmm. What else do you actually need? You need a relationship with another person. Exactly. So God gave man souls for us to have relationships with each other. That's why when the lockdown happened, mm-hmm. people suffered greatly, yeah. even though we're living in the most prosperous country mm. in all of history. Yeah, 100%. Most prosperous time in all of history. Mm-hmm. We need relationships. Mm-hmm. Our mental, our emotional, and if we're talking about three aspects of the soul, or three mm-hmm. senses of the soul, yeah. which is mind, will, and emotions, I'm happy to argue if there's more or not, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It all works within relationships with each other or works mm. best within relationships mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I believe, and some scriptures say, God breathed into Adam a life-giving soul or a life-giving spirit. Yep. All right? I think that spirit came directly from God himself. And so yep. this, is what, this is what I would say. The, blo- the body, each aspect of human beings flourish from where they were created and from what they were created or for for what they were created. And I'll explain what that ex- means. Yeah. <laughs> God says here that he made birds of the air. Where do they flourish? In the air. In the air when they, when they start flying, yeah. things like that, they flourish, right? Because they were made for the air. Mm-hmm. God says he made all the sea creatures. 
and fish, where do they flourish? In the water. In the water. Under okay. the sea. Yeah, yeah. Under <laughs> the sea. That's right. Sorry, that was a so, so they flourish when they're in the sea, okay? They'll and the die same. outside of it. Exactly. So if yeah, our bodies can't. were made from the ground, we flourish from things that come from the ground. Vegetables, yep. fruits, seeds. He says, I made all the fruits and seeds and vegetables mm-hmm. for you to eat mm-hmm. effectively, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a case that, you know, if you eat meat, yeah. area, whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> not going to try to do that. But your yeah. bodies flourish from that. Our souls flourish for whom they were made for, which is other people mm-hmm. when we're in relationships. Mm-hmm. Our spirits flourish when they're in connection and intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay. When the Now, everything, and I agree with you, I think everything is intertwined. It's not like I've got a body, soul, mm. spirit, there's yeah. hard lines yeah. between it. Yeah, I like but that. But I do think there's a tripartite thing where if you have a cordial, which is a cup, water, and then cordial in it, they kind of mix together yep. and the whole thing becomes one thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I still do think there are three elements in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the senses of the spirit... Um, and you can, I mean, you can argue about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this okay? Yeah, yeah I love it. Love it. So good. Sense of the spirit is communion with God, your conscience, mm-hmm. and your intuition. Mm. Interesting. Okay. That's that's the three primary. There's actually a lot more you can read in the yeah. Gospels. Yeah. Around like discernment and things like that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But three, so the conscience itself mm-hmm. still exists, and I'll talk about it in a second, when people's spirits dies. Because in Romans, when you go through the book of Romans, mm-hmm. it says your conscience will excuse or excuse yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, whether you believe in God or not, because mm. all creation speaks mm-hmm, to the fact mm-hmm. that God exists. Yeah. Your intuition and your communion with God, I believe, dies off. All right. And mm. so what happened with Adam and Eve is their spirit actually died, mm-hmm. which is that part of them. And the whole body, obviously, was connected with God, but their spirit is what connected with God in intimacy. Mm, mm, mm. And when they sinned, that spirit died to God. Mm-hmm. That's why their mind and emotions didn't go away straight away. Mm. They were still thinking. They still had emotions. Mm-hmm. They still had a mind and a will. Mm-hmm. And their body didn't die straight away. In yeah. fact, it took about 900 years for it to die Yeah, like, later on. <laughs> yeah. So when we fast forward then mm-hmm. right, to the law of mm-hmm. Moses, what the law exposed in man was they had a dead spirit. Mm. Mm. Because you can try, so what is the law, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's have a look at well, what, uh, the, what the law listen. is. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. if Paul says death reigned in mm-hmm. humans before Moses. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because there was no Adam to Moses. And they didn't know what was wrong. They didn't know what was wrong because yep. they had a sinful nature. Now, if yep. you've got nothing that exposes your spirit, yep. you go, well, my mind, all well, emotions is alive, my body's alive, I'm not dead. Yeah. Right? But sin started pervading the world, right, mm-hmm. which is death. So what law did was to go, okay, this is God's nature. Mm-hmm. Try to live up to it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't. So God first gave it in Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Humans tried to live by the Ten Commandments, which is the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he gave all the rules in Deuteronomy. Yeah. You see through generation from generation from generation from generation not living up to the law. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then... Then what happens is if you've got generations of people trying to live according to what the law represents, mm-hmm. which first started off as 10, then came about 600. 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah, <laughs> 613, yeah. The law itself, if you have a look at it, mm-hmm. represents the exact nature of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so when you put that beside humans who try to live up to it, something wrong happens in a human saying, mm-hmm. I just got something in me that wants to not only can't live up to this, but wants to do the opposite of exactly, this. Exactly, yeah. That's good. And when you come to Romans 7, that's exactly what Paul's talking about. Yep. That which I desired to do, I did not do, but the very thing I did not want to do, that's the thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Who's going to save me 
out of this wretched body of death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that's good. So here's what here's the, here's the genius. So we have prophecies in the book of Isaiah, mm-hmm. right, saying that it's going to come a day, yeah, but there's going to be a new covenant. Now mm-hmm. I can't go in this into this um, podcast. I mean, I'll let you guys decide it. There's five major co- covenants, and some people say seven, some people say thirteen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so five major covenants in, yep. in in the scripture, right? Uh-huh. So you got the Adamic, uh, no, sorry, uh, the Noahic, Noahic, however you want to say it. Yeah, uh, Moses, David. Always miss these ones. Um, <laughs> I kind of help you on this. I have no yeah, idea what you're talking um, about. Moses, David, um, I, sorry, Abraham, uh-huh. Moses, uh-huh. David, uh-huh. Noah, okay. and Jesus. Nice. Okay. Right? So just to go quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Noah, yep. Noah's covenant with God is that he'll never rain on the earth again. Yeah, mm-hmm. put like a rainbow. Yeah, yeah. That rainbow belongs to God. So you put yeah, the rainbow. 100%. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Does not belong Strongly anywhere Strongly agree. <laughs> And that was a sign that it will never flood the earth again. Yep. That was a grace covenant. It means yep. that if, if Noah started to sin or whatever, it's not like God's going to turn back on that gate. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. The Abrahamic covenant is that I'm going to give you children. Yep. And, we, and this is what lends to body, soul, and spirit in a second, right? Oh, I'm going to give you a type of children that's going to cover the face of the earth. Yeah. And this More is what it's going to look like. Yeah. You're in the desert, right? So mm-hmm. at night time, I want you to look at the sky. Mm. As many as there are stars in the sky... Mm-hmm. Is how many children you're yep, going to have. Exactly. Yep. And if you go back to Romans, which we'll go to in a second, mm-hmm. Paul starts picking up Abraham and the yep, type of noticed, children yep. now that exist. Exactly. A new race of people. Hebrews 11, yeah. Yeah, new, new race of people that mm-hmm. exist now, right? Mm-hmm. And if you, as far as the dust in the sand, so every mm-hmm. single day Abraham was confronted with how many children he's going to have mm-hmm. by looking at the sand during the day and the stars at night. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a grace covenant because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much Abraham stuffed up, yep. that covenant. God wasn't going to repeal from him. And That's he good. stuffed up. He, real bad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> real bad. Gave his wife to Pharaoh, the, 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 the things like that, right? And the kings, right? Yeah. He stuffed up, but God, that's a grace covenant, mm-hmm. right? Then there's a Davidic covenant, mm-hmm. which says, if you obey my commands, I'll, there's, there's going to be a king that comes uh, from your line. Yeah. All right? And that king we know is Jesus Christ. He's going to reign yeah, forever. Yeah, yep. yep. All right? Those, uh, those three there, the Abrahamic uh the, the Davidic mm-hmm. and which other one Abraham, are oh wait, uh, Noah and Noah yeah. yeah they still exist today okay they've carried through interesting whoa I haven't thought about this they've completely carried through oh I you mean as in they're still continuing today in terms yeah. of the promise that's yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, I see yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair yep. the only covenant in the Old Testament that doesn't exist today is the Mosaic covenant it stopped what, what's a Mosaic covenant the Mosaic covenant was the Ten Commandments that okay, God yeah. made a marriage covenant yeah, that he Jesus made Jesus came to fulfill it exactly right break. and then when he said is it finished it's actually finished so a new covenant was coming yeah because the laws were pointing to something that was a greater reality than exactly. just themselves yep. yep so this covenant that we have the new covenant that we have with Jesus is actually mm-hmm. a fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant and Davidic covenant mm-hmm. if, you, if you open up the book of Matthew it tells you every it tells you the genealogy when yeah. it gets to Abraham and when it gets to David yeah. Mm, yeah. Explain that Jesus is about to fulfill and make this great. Oh, covenant. I like that. That's good. Right. Yeah. So five major covenants, which is help me out here, Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, Noah, <laughs> Noah, uh, David. Yep. And Jesus. Yep. And then we have the Mosaic covenant. Oh, I see. Okay. Which is the only one that's cancelled. Exactly right. So the Mosaic covenant yep. was this covenant of law that God made with Israel, saying if you keep it, it was a kinship covenant like we have in marriage. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is this? No, no I yeah. like it. No, it's good. It's good. I like it. Can she come to the heaven? You do your part, I'll do my part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's good. Problem is, Israel never did their part. Uh huh. And uh-huh. so God was saying that this covenant cannot make you perfect. Mm. 
So when you read in Scripture, when Paul says a covenant or laws that could not make man perfect or Hebrews, yeah. that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's this covenant asking you to do something that your sinful and dead nature can't live up to. Mm. That's good. And so in Isaiah, the prophets who came in, and this is the role of a prophet, is to make sure that the people who are in a covenant are sticking to their covenant. Exactly, yeah. That's why prophets in the Old Testament are always angry. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> right? 100%. <laughs> but the prophets of today in the New Covenant mm. aren't meant to be angry. They're meant to just put us towards a grace. I mean, you can be if you want to. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's not condemnation. It it's is, not condemnation. It's right. conviction. So when you look at Isaiah and Jeremiah yep. and, and Ezekiel, it's always like, you harlot, you whore. Like, yeah. Why? Because it's a marriage covenant. They were cheating exactly. the whole yep. time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you get into a marriage covenant and your spirit doesn't want to be faithful. That's That's... Mm, what it's yeah, about. Yeah. So then Isaiah comes again. There's going to be a day where there's going to be a new covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he's going to take that, that heart of stone out of mm-hmm. you and give you a heart of flesh. Mm. He's going to put his laws inside your spirit mm. so that you'll hear a voice saying, go this way and go that way. And no longer. Exactly. No longer will you need man to say, okay, mm. this is your relationship with God. Every single person will mm. know me. Why? Because you're spirit. exactly right. So the mm. spirit's going to become alive again like it was in Adam. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I'm going to put my spirit inside you. Mm. All right? And so when we come to the Gospels then, Jesus comes to Nicodemus and he says, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you, unless you get gored. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> unless you get born again. <laughs> unless you get born again. Yes, right. Okay, but what does the term born again mean? Ooh. Do I come out of my mother again? Exactly. <laughs> And this is the problem. The problem that Nicodemus says is what I exactly. I see some church leaders have in yep. church today. Is we don't understand the doctrine of spiritual regeneration. Mm. How am I meant to be born again? I mean, I've been living by the law this whole time through my soul, my flesh, and my own mind, will, and emotions, and mm-hmm. I've done okay with it. Why am I going to need Jesus? Yeah, yeah, 100%. If we don't preach the fact that people have sinful natures that are dead to God in mm-hmm. this gospel that we have right now, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not going to know a need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to start mm-hmm. attacking a little bit now good. in some discipleship stuff that's happening in the church today. Mm-hmm. When we t- say all you need to do is follow Jesus, right? What does that look like? <laughs> exactly, because what we're doing is, okay, okay, we're taking Jesus' laws, which are higher than the law covenant, yeah, yeah. and we're telling us, to act in a way that the old covenant people exactly. did, which is why your mind, will, and emotions and your own strength to, to follow up. Jesus' ways. That's good. Right? You can't. No, if you exactly. couldn't obey the law, you can't do that. <laughs> however, yeah. however, if instead of you trying to focus on 600 things to imitate the nature of God, God in his genius, in one foul swoop, gave you a spirit inside you, that's nature was like the nature of the law, mm. like, like by nature, mm-hmm. then you'd only have to live by one rule, mm. which is walk in the spirit. Mm. Mm. So he's taken down 613 mm-hmm. and put it to one. Mm. Mm. That's why Apostle Paul always says, walk in the spirit Ooh. and you will fulfill the law. Yeah, that's good. Because the law is, if you love Jesus, the Lord your God with, yeah. yeah. And you, also your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, so put it down to two things, right? Yeah, exactly. Because we've put down two things, we somehow think that we can still do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, listen, that's not the, the, your will and your, your commitment's not, it, it, it's, that's not the real problem here, mm, right? Mm. The real problem here is you have a sinful nature. Mm-hmm. We're too afraid to preach that people have sinful natures mm. and they've been born into Adam, which is what Paul talks about yeah. in Romans 6. Well, it's almost like from those six, so we've obviously had the 613 rules of the day or early fathers. And then as you said, Jesus came and he made it into one, but then we still have the, say, the two 
um, that you could say was the main two commandments. So love God and love people. Yeah. Which is still, uh, like I've always said that they've encompassed the Ten Commandments, say. Um, but then those two won't work or those commandments, that commission, whatever you want to call it, yep, still yep. won't work if we're not following, following the first rule, which is to live by spirit. Yes, 100%. So that can't happen without spirit because I think those two things happen naturally if we are connected to mm-hmm. spirit. Yes. Have a look at the book of Galatians, right? So it, I, don't feel, I feel like I might be going on too many tangents here, but no, no, you guys great. rein me in. Well, well we, we kind of... Kind of need to try and round this one up so that we can then um, yep. we'll go second I've got episode. A lot of questions. So 100%. I reckon let's finish up this train of thought. Tell us about Galatians, and then guys, and the, I'm sorry you have to wait two weeks <laughs> to like um, this conversation keep going. But, but what we could do is maybe yeah round it up in terms of Galatians, and then kind of say what we um, practical points that we can take out of it in terms of just taking away from this episode, and then um, yeah we'll continue it um, next week or next episode. Hmm. No worries. Yeah. So just just a, a seed thought, and then we can go into the next episode. Yeah, yeah. In the book of Galatians, Paul preached this gospel. Now, mm-hmm. like I said, I used to think this used to be a subject. <laughs> this is the gospel. Yeah, mm. yeah. The gospel is not you follow Jesus' teachings. That's, that's almost an effect. Mm. The gospel is you're dead. Mm-hmm. Not metaphorically. Spiritually, spiritually you're yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that can make you alive is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. This is what separates us from every other religion. Mm-hmm. Every other religion is, I mean, the Islamic people follow Muhammad's ways. Yeah. Mm. The Buddhist people follow the ways of Buddha. Mm, mm, mm. Right? What, what makes us different from them? Well, they're through their dead spirit are trying to follow a code of conduct to make life work. And mm. what Jesus is saying is your life doesn't work mm. without your spirit being regenerated again. Mm. The mm. body is made for the spirit and the spirit is made for the body and the Holy Spirit if you want to know what your body is actually made for, is to house the Holy Spirit. It's always been that way mm-hmm. and has mm-hmm. a presence of God. It's always been that way. Mm-hmm. But the only way the Holy Spirit's going to move in is if your dead sinful nature gets born again. Mm. And that's the only that's way good. you can the kingdom of God. Which is where we go to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your true and proper worship. Mm. That is our spirit being regenerated and living to what it's called to be. Mm. So we can talk about it next time and how to the process of how to now make your body submit and yeah, all the yeah, that, that was my question, all that yep. kind of stuff like that, and and how to renew your mind, which mm. I believe belongs to the soul. Um, but we can talk about it in the next one. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't get to Galatians. Sorry about that. But, no, no, but yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> um, Well, I guess what we can just say is maybe to a practical thing is just to like um, realize that yeah, we can't we can't expect or think that. Um, if we want to live the way Jesus called us to live, we can't do it in our own strength. Mm. We cannot. We cannot rely on our knowledge or just our own uh, motive, motivation, or just motives to be able to live the way Jesus called us to live. Mm. Um, it requires us being renewed and being born again. Um, and so, I guess in that sense, well, be encouraged that it's not. Uh, it's not on you to do that. It is. Um, just actually being able to what um, love the Lord your God and um, love your neighbor as yourself. In that sense, what those fruits come from is well, your spirit, spirit. Yeah, your mm. spirit being renewed. Yeah. Um, I've got so many questions. So same here. So like, guys, wait two weeks. Get excited. That was awesome. I'd love that. I could sit here for a very long time. <laughs> time. Um, 
I guess also then just to say, if you guys have questions, um, and also this was very thought-provoking, um, mm. send us questions and possibly yeah, do I'll some do kind of follow-up. I'll do something on our Spotify app so you can send through any thoughts or DM us on social media. Guys, remember, Stir Conference is just a month away, Woo. so get ready, buy your tickets. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we will see you very shortly. Yes. All right. Bye, Thank guys. You. See you.